our pleasure to welcome you to your friendly drive-in theatre. For the information of those who are attending the drive-in for the first time, the following hints will make you feel at home and add to your enjoyment. Firstly, if you've not already done so, remove the speaker from the stand and place it in your car. Secondly... Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dead from the Starlight Drive-In, where me and Carl pontificate on the nuts and bolts about the old days of the drive-in. Of course, they coming back because drive-ins for for uh, Americans have always been like, you know, come home, come home to us. And since we're we were in COVID and paranoid, right, Carl? Uh yes, yes. Where are yeah. they? Where are they, Stephen? Really? Where are they? They're behind the ass. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Right now, you're gonna have before we start our main feature, you're gonna have to go to YouTube when you watch this or listen and go to Drive House slash Grindhouse movie trailers from nineteen sixties and seventies and eighties two. Number two. Uh, yeah, numero do so. We're gonna be starting from the start of that. So when you get it kicked queued in, uh Pause it right now and then get accused in. And then, well, you know, and here we go in five, four. Are you ready, Carl? Yes, I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. Now, this is a Dolby commercial, or as Carl and call it, the drive in, a leader. This is a way to open the night festivities and a way to check to make sure that the projector is working well. Right, Carl? And the sound system and everything. Yeah. Most of them would use America the Beautiful because even in drive-ins, back, even at the Riverside, they have that... Oh, you know, God bless America, before they start their trailers. I know in ours, for a while, we even did the national anthem. Yeah. But this is from the 70s when the Dolby system first came out. And now we're going on to the next film, which is Jim Rex. You wouldn't know this unless you were here in 1970s, about 1972 is how long the M rating stood, Carl? Uh, only for a couple of years. Yeah. And by, sev- by 71 or 72, it was gone. I think 72. Yeah. It became PG. And they changed it to PG. There's six. Sting, Carl, could go, if you were 17 in 1970, you could go see a porno. Well, well, at that point, X wasn't <laughs> porno. Yeah, but still. <laughs> and here's the thing that will always got us excited as kids. Preview oh, absolutely. Of coming attraction. Uh, this brings me we back make to the list. For the- this is Ace High with uh, Eli Wallach and Brock Peters and Terrence 
very late, probably close to 73, 74, uh, Spaghetti Western. The fact that you don't see much of Terrence Hill, that's about one of the few scenes you see him in, makes me wonder if this was released after the Terrence Hill experiment flopped totally. Perhaps. I do not know this film. I know Do it. Not I see it. Yeah. Well, I had to confirm that with uh, our friend, the god of spaghetti westerns himself, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Eli Wallach made a career out of just playing Tuco over and over again in spaghetti westerns in the 70s. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a fun little film. I've seen it on VHS, but like I said, because they're underplaying him so much, this makes me think that this was after the Terrence Hill experiment flopped. That was is two films that nobody, except those of us who suffered through them, and I only suffered through one, and that was... Uh, March or Die, and Mr. Billion. I've seen both. I actually kind of like March or Die simply because it's a great movie to fall asleep to. Yeah. And Mr. Billion is just awful. Yeah. If it wasn't for the toy, it'd be the worst film Jackie Gleason was ever in. True. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. But, yeah, see, he's the star, and this is basically the only face shot he's got. And because Brock Peters is in it and is a big part of it, makes me think that this probably came after the skin game, which is the Mm -hmm. one to freaking see if you're looking for the black-white comedy westerns of the early 70s. Right, Carl? Yes, and of course, you know, the other one, the Western one, of course, would be Blazing Saddles. Yeah, but if it wasn't for the skin game, they wouldn't have been able to do Blazing Saddles. See, Kevin McCarthy, and Terrence Hill comes up half in last. <laughs> It's like, fuck him. We don't care about him. <laughs> okay. And this is something rare, Robert Duvall film that I don't know of. Oh, no, I do know this one. This one is based on the sort of true story about a private eye that breaks into a Mexican prison and uh, uh, lands a helicopter in the prison. Breakout. One of the more forgotten. Oh, I know this one. Yeah, I've seen this one before. Yeah. It's got, this movie don't sell it that much, but it's good. But the whole breakout scene is fucking amazing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Randy Quaid. And John Houston. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is another one of those movies where you don't piss off Charles Bronson, basically. Yeah, this was based you just on the don't piss him off. true story. It turned out he might have fibbed a little bit uh, about this private eye who out of Texas who said he did this. It's not, it's not top-notch Bronson, but it's decent. And here's a movie of Toby Hooper that needs to get better respect than it did because it's just fucking batshit crazy. Oh, Kevin God, I Tidal, love this movie. You know this under, Carl. There's a death trap, a horror hotel, Eating Alive, which is a title which has been mostly put out on Blu-ray. And this is the I, I, one where uh, the Phantom of the Paradise is on his knees barking like a dog for, on all fours, barking like a dog for four minutes for no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> and Neville Brand gets no, no, on no. the screen. Now, we should just make sure that everyone that the title I know this from and most people know this from is Eaten Alive. Yeah. This movie had four or five titles. I don't know why. And they're not even mentioning the star of it, Neville Brand. And the fact that it's got the same star girl from... Uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Marilyn Burns. Yep. The most longest title for this is Starlight Hotel Massacre. See, that's the only scene you get to see of him, and God, is he over the top in this. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Oh, I agree. If I ever got an autograph from Robert England, I know what line from this movie I would get him to sign a picture saying. <laughs> oh, it's, hey, Carl, you've been looking for this. Oh, yes. This is the English cut with John Belushi and Gilda Radner, which was X-rated. Tarzoon, Shame of the Jungle. Right? Right. And this is where one of the greatest love stories of all started, wasn't it, Carl? Oh, God, yes. Absolutely fucking great movie. This is a Stone Cold Drive-In classic. And nihilistic as fuck at the same time. And funny as hell. Which pissed off Roger Corman. And let's not forget Sylvester Stallone in one of his first co-leads. Yeah. And David Carradine as Frankenstein. But fuck you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Fuck you. Mary fucking Warnoff. God, I love this woman. And still, fuck you, Roger Corman, for not allowing him to have the music he wanted on uh, 
Warnoff's death. Yes. Boom. Oh, God. This is the worst of the Poe films and the film that killed the Poe film. Michael Reeves was supposed to direct this before his uh, suicide. And if Cries of Banshee. Okay, that's what this is. Yeah, this is this is forgettable shit. Wouldn't you say? I used to watch this once a year when it came on my local television thing, and I still don't remember a fucking thing about it besides that it's fucking forgettable. What about you, Carl? This this is. Um... I don't think it's horrible, but I think you got it pegged. It's forgettable. You know, I mean, the West Finder General is 10 times this film, 20 times this film. Yeah. But as I said, it's not horrible. I mean, yeah, this. Reeves is originally supposed to direct this and had a script ready but he unfortunately killed himself so they had someone come in and just take it over and just finish it up Hugh Griffith Elizabeth Bergner uh yeah yeah Essie Essie Stone is like really really miscast this is miscast most of the way except for Price and Price isn't giving it his all by any means. No. Believe you me, there are worse films. But Oh God, yeah. Well, we're going to get to one. Sorry to say, but yeah, this oh, is the worst of the pole film. And Carl. Born to Kill. What what title do you know this under as? Okay, no, 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 no. We talked about. It. I have to see this first. Then we'll then then we can talk okay. about it. And it will be worth it, folks. What the fuck is that? That movie doesn't exist. <laughs> like a, okay, like a very quickly. Okay. Very quickly for our listeners. That's actually Cockfighter. That is not an action film. That is a very unique film. You should watch it, but it ain't that movie that they were advertising. Just let you know that's a fucking Yeah. The movie is about two hours long, isn't it, Carl? It's about 150, yeah. And that trailer has every bit of action that's in that movie. 
Now, this one I don't know. Yeah, uh, this one I think is Massacre at Fort Hollerman under another title. I didn't have time. I forgot to ask uh, the God of Spaghetti Westerns, uh, Michael House, about this one. Sorry. But, yeah, they were so desperate to sell cockfighters that they fucking did that stupid shit. Can you imagine how pissed off if you're driving if you showed that after the Born to Kill trailer? You would have to oh, lock God. your ass up in the projection booth for the whole night. Yeah, more or less. Motherfucker, get out of here. I'm going to fucking kick your ass like you want that shit. <laughs> Run, Carl. Motherfucker. <laughs> Okay, so so I'm gonna jump oh, here. Listen and to that music. Listen to that hold music on, right Steve. here. Hold on, hold on. Since we're here at, at at this, and you mentioned Mike, our our uh, mutual friend who loves uh, spaghetti westerns, I'm just gonna say the house, house. What okay, you just missed that. was that music trailer at the end. Yeah was the same music as in That's Armageddon from uh, a Kentucky Fried Movie. Right. And this is a Canadian exploitation film. This is what Carl would get a lot of because... Oh, absolutely. I know man, this film. His, his man had a book up. Yeah, this one has Stacy Keach's brother and... Uh, I think Keith, no, not Keith, the Robert Carradine. Jim Mitchum, isn't it? Jim Mitchum, yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, Jim Mitchum and Robert Carradine. And from what I heard, this was supposed to be a pretty good one, but a it lot is. of these, it is. yeah. A lot of these Canadian actioners like this from the old driving days are hard to track down. Like I said, Canadian rights, hell is the deepest level of hell. And once you go there, you well, might not ever come Well, all I got to say out. is we, we have a mutual friend, remember? Paul yeah. Carupe, who knows yeah. this stuff like the back of his hands. Canuxploitation.com. Trust me yeah. on that. And you might know this one, Carl, as... Spear Man, starring the biggest asshole in Kung Fu history, Jimmy Wang Yu. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. Wang Yu. Jimmy I haven't Wang seen a Wang Yu film in years. This was one of his mainland China films, Spear Man. And you can guess, all through the movie, this was released post-Bruceploitation, so they called it Blood of the Dragon. Right. The title, Spearman, just cracks me up, makes me wonder if Soundgarden seen it while they was writing Spoon Man and decided to change it from... Uh, Spear man, the spoon man, for some reason. 
That's why I like to see Sportman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Sportman. But really, John, Wang Yu was his own worst enemy, if you uh, believe even one-fourth of the stories that Brian Trenchard tells about the man from Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you see that look on his face when he dropped his yep. beer like, oh, man. Okay. Blood of the Dragon. You should spear him. Because <laughs> he's deadly. Me and Carl, sometimes when we think about what's the worst blank movie of a certain genre, you, we would be thinking for hours, not when it comes to biker films. Oh, God, no. This is CC and Company. One of the part of the, we'll call it the Joe Namus experiment. The only good thing about this movie you see is William Smith. Well, he's always the best thing in these movies. I mean, if you look at this trailer, 90% of it is William Smith, you know. And that good and that great theme song. Otherwise, this is like some dead acting. He's not even acting. He's just look at him. He's about to laugh. He's supposed to be a hardcore biker motherfucker. And Carl, did you have that hair? Wayne Cochran. Fucking Wayne Cochran. Best thing in the movie. You had that hairdo in the seventies, didn't you? No, I did not. Yes, you did. Nobody yes, had did. that hairdo but Wayne Cochran. Sorry. Oh, Loved not, Wayne Cochran back in the uh, day. I mean, look at him. He looks like a 240-pound goof, even messing with a woman. He just looks like a goof. My man well, well, well you know, don't forget, he should be wearing pantyhose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God. God, stop it with the fucking gods on the move on the camera, Jesus! And this is pretty uh, good this, too because William Smith did his own writing for the movie, and it's him and uh, Joe Namath's stuntman for the writing, just going out there and just showing the fuck off. <laughs> And fuck you, CC and Company. Now, this is a weird movie. Has this ever been released to DVD, Carl? I don't think so. Okay, this is... The reason that Roger Corman stopped directing for many, many years was this movie. No, he did Von Richten, Richten, Hoffman, and Brown after this. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. But still, this But he had a horrible time with this. Yeah. Uh, 
this is the film that got him and uh, Arkoff to really separate company. Mm-hmm. And by the uh, way, what? By the way, I have to say something here. Uh, God bless Bud Court. He's the best thing in this movie. This book, I have seen Bruce McCrowd. I don't like it. I've seen Harold and Maude. This looks like it may be the most batshit weird movie that Bud Court was in in the 70s. Oh, no, 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 no. There's that Italian movie. That is so fucking weird. You have no clue. <laughs> Uh, I no. think it's called Hallucination uh, Generation or something like that. Yeah. Give me an F. F. Give me a U. U. Give me a U. Yeah. <laughs> Rainy day. Yeah, you don't know how many times I got laid by going up to a girl and going, Hey, baby, rainy day. Now, that I would steal. Not the girl, that big-ass white <laughs> Fuck yeah. I'd see you like rolling right by me on a car made of gigantic fucking cheese wheels. Are you pretty good or something? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Since Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels played the Astrodome. Hey, Susie Cream Cheese! I like that one. Wasn't that the infamous Susie Cream Cheese? No, that was not Pamela Sarbuka. It does look fun, but I don't know why it's never been released. Because it's a mess. It's a mess. Now, it's a a beautiful mess. Yeah, beautiful mess. It's a beautiful mess, but I'm one of the few people that believe uh, that. uh, Just like, uh, what is it, the one Otto Preminger did? Skidoo. Yeah, it's very much like Skidoo. Oh, God. Fuck you, this movie is good, Carl. Oh, come on, this is beautiful. Baby, do you want to dance? And it's got great songs by the Ramones. Paul Bartel. It's got Paul Bartel. It's got Mary Warren off. It's got PJ Souls. In her. Oh, there she is. There's my gorgeous woman. Yeah, her (laughs) second most signature role. First would be Mary Bland, and second would be the principal in this. But I'll tell you who kills this movie. Him. There. Clint Howard. As the <laughs> Clint Howard. Of the school. I love that. He goes into like a little toilet and he's got office, got computers and shit. And there's Ricky Rialto. Yes, also in Rock and, uh, and Death Race 2000. And Gremlins. Yep. This was directed by Alan Arkish, who uh, uh, worked with Joe Dante. They're very good friends. Alan Arkish is also a very good friend of a a director friend of mine by the name of Dan Kramer. And they're actually doing, 
they're doing uh, commentary watches on uh, Arkish's other film, uh, rock and roll film, which is um, Get Crazy. Get Crazy, yeah. Wow. And there's Dick Miller. It's one of the most iconic rides in punk history. They're just a bunch yeah. of punks. Be next to the end of the line with uh, this is one I wish. Let's see. Yeah, Dan Kramer was here. He'd be probably. We could just sit back and get something to drink. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But yeah, people call this a black vacation film. No, this is a caper film. Like Cool Breeze was. This is a really good film. Yeah, a really good caper film. If you really want the black vacation version of it, see Gordon's War. But this one is just as good. It just depends on what flavor of you want to eat at the time. And this is Billy D. Williams pulling out a favor for one of his friends who, well, was deemed unworkable with. And we all know who that is. Right, Carl? I don't. Tell me. The person who got fired from the Mac for punching the director and then just walked off the set? Oh, okay. Never mind. I know who that is. Yeah. They'll show him in a second. There he is. This was right before, uh, if I'm right, you can tell me I'm wrong, that That Nigga's Crazy came out, and Richard Pryor became Richard fucking Pryor. You know, the thing is, Richard Pryor could have been a really fine dramatic actor. Blue Collar, This, Lady Sings the Blues. Oh, God. If you haven't seen Lady Sings the Blues or Blue Collar, you need to. Yesterday. Even Some Kind of Hero is a damn yeah. good little film. That's another film that was so wrong. See, these films are sold. The good trailers like this. It's sold for what it is, a beautiful caper. We got car chases, man. We got gunfights. We got Richard Pryor for you blacks. We got Billy D. Oh, yeah. And we got Sidney J. Bury, Dan Kramer's man. Yeah. He wrote a uh, biography of Fury. Okay, and now we're... Okay, we'll talk real quick about this. This movie is hard to see because right after it came out, Carl, these two cops, the super cops, were busted 
for one, shaking down drug dealers, and two, being part of the two cops that stole the drugs from the Prince Connection bus. Mm-hmm. So do you think any studio would want to touch back then a movie with two cops that have known to be fucking thieves? And that's a shame because I love Liebman. Yeah. He's very forgotten and, these days. Yeah, oh, it's a, it's a fun movie, but like I said, it's like certain movies that are good, but they have a certain cachet about them. Okay, okay, Stephen, you're making me watch this shit? No, turn it over. It's done. Okay, Carl, get your ass back on. Get your ass Oh, oh okay, gotcha, gotcha. This is over now. Okay, yeah, gotcha. We, we'll get back there again and... There we go. I'm I'm off. That was Born Losers, and it's like, what? Yeah. That's a that's Thank the you. only good fucking Billy Jack movie, if you ask me. Well, it is the only good Billy Jack movie, but it's a fucking Billy Jack movie. Yeah, that's why everything with the biker in it is good, and everything with Billy Jack is just him being pissed off about shooting a biker in the fucking leg and then getting arrested for it. Never now, mind. are you on uh, I'm Moonshine Mountain? At the beginning. Okay. okay. And okay. We, should, we should let people know that this is on Arrow. Free this for is on streaming. Arrow streaming if you want to watch the good print of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm underlining the words good, and I'll explain why. You should and air quote it, it actually, but yeah, that's okay. Air, yeah, air quotes, but yeah, there it is, the world's biggest still. We're going to start the movie for y'all in five, four, three, two, one. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Okay, first thing. The song. I this was written this song was written by H. G. Lewis. And yeah. I love these credits. Work and with Jeffrey, actors. I, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna put out some names here. Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson, Carl. There he is. J. G. Pat Patterson. Yep. This is the sweet Patterson. dumb sisters and brother. Yeah. Gay Land and the Thunderbirds, them heavy-footed dancers. These credits are fucking hilarious. This hair story ripped by the uh, Well, that white writing was decomposed by Lewis himself. Sales. Bar dance and title music played by the professionals Catalinas, featuring Joe Surf on the electric guitar. <laughs> J.P. J.D. Patterson. Phil Matters is out the best scenes, Ron Klasky and Bob Sinise. Mm-hmm. You can just pause this credits and just look at them over again and you'll be missing jokes. Who ought to know better but don't. Yeah, who ought to know better but don't. Okay, if you're wondering about all that stuff, you notice that 
right now I'm talking in my normal accent, but sometimes when I'm on the air, I go into an exaggerated accent. And that's what they're using in this movie is exaggerated accent. Fun stuff. Oh, yeah, look, you can tell. Yeah, you can tell this part was filled in Florida just by the foliage in the background. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure our friend from Florida had something to do with this. Ah, oh, William Graffay. Yeah. I was the first person, first director you ever got on the podcast. I remember that. Yeah, and one of the, yeah, and one of the best. Absolutely, I said, we, you dumb jackass. Now I, I haven't do. watched this film. I previewed it, okay, and yeah. I find this next scene fucking hysterical for very good reason. Yeah, because they didn't have a budget, so they just got some of the crew to, you know, and, and, and some, some of the. <laughs> The, you know that 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 is um, that that's a small fan club. I'm just saying. Yeah, and, and good looking women. Basically, in the four girls, he used the uh, those signs like that uh, again for funny reasons. Like uh, and they all back for, away. Yeah, boobies are for babies, not for showing. Mm-hmm. Remember one of the protesters outside the strip club had that? Yep. Fancy girlfriend in a big coat. Yeah. They're trying to portray them as country. When when you hear him talk, he's country as fuck himself. But there's one thing that you can get across. Lewis Love this stuff. I mean, truly loved it. I have come to this ballet. I have come to this ballet. I find that, you know, one of the things about Herschel Gordon Lewis that people forget. Is he actually is funny. There's a lot of humor in this film. I love that. It's like the guy forgot his line, so he just pulled out the script. Yeah. And you know what? It works. Yeah. It actually works. I will wear their clothing. I will drink their moonshine. I will star in this movie. I will fuck one of their women. Only one dressed like city yeah. folk, but let's not get into that. I love it how they're just assholes. You know. Now, I gotta admit, I like that car. Yeah. I mean, look at that car. I that car is so sexy. It's that, not even funny. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that was not Herschel's or just someone who worked on the film's car. Oh, yeah. 
Without a doubt. Valdez, I passed through that area. He's in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park there, son. No kidding. Yeah, that's the Ozarks, man. Been a long time since I've been there. Yeah, but like I said. So, so there's Harley's General Store. Where's Davidson's uh, Motors? Yeah, and there's uh, uh, Adam Sorg, who played like uh, the second thug in 2000 Maniacs. You're going to see right. a lot of people from 2000 Maniacs in this. Oh, absolutely. I noticed that just just watching it for, for you know, bits and pieces, getting ready for it. See? Can I get a cold drink? Clink, clink, clink. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, Stephen, question. Yeah. You ever use a, an outhouse in your day? Yeah, back when I was a little kid and I was visiting the neighbors, and they had an outhouse. I only went number one, though, never number two. But Oh, no, yeah. we were both number one and number two. I had an aunt and uncle in, uh, outside of Newcastle uh, that <laughs> we would visit, and they had, a, they had an outhouse, and that's where you went to the bathroom. Yeah, you know we didn't visit them often because my mother couldn't stand that. That's a pretty boy. <laughs> Three or four dollars. <sighs> and I love the fact that he's not making. You got to get that he's not making fun of these hill folks. No. That's one of the things about this movie. And I, I go back to Todd Browning and Freaks. You know, Todd Browning, of course, was a circus guy. And, yeah. and he grew up in a circus. H.G. Lewis grew up here. You he have a love of these people. In this- yeah, he moved down here, I think, when he was an early teen from Pittsburgh. Right. And he fell in love with the South, the music, and everything. I wouldn't throw that away. That's 10 cents deposit there. Oh, two cents. My bad. That was some good money get when I was a little kid from like uh, one to ten. Yeah, get them pop bottles, take it to the store. Shit, they buy that in a heartbeat. Oh, Absolutely. And that's the one of the, and I think that's the same road that he went down in uh, 2000 Maniacs. Pretty sure. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. So we're going to talk about 2000 Maniacs a lot, right? And and it was one of the first movies I saw at the drive-in. And it is a horror version of Brigadoon that H.G. Lewis did. 
and it is wonderful. Yeah, one of the best things about it I like is it has all this yan the northerners go, you dumb Yankees, those dumb fucking hicks. And yeah. then the North, you know, he's like, you dumb Yankees. Then they go, those stupid fucking hicks. Yeah, it's like either of them had mutual disrespect for each other. And that was a nice mm-hmm. Undertone to it. Oh yeah. And you could tell that car got stuck somewhere because look at the handprints all on the back. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and the reason this print jumped so much is uh, there never was a complete good print of it because the answer print was uh, cut on the day of shooting because uh, Lewis was shocked how many uh, families uh, yeah families were there and he wanted this to be his you know as a like a family like film so boom he went in the print and cut out all the violence and stuff and had himself a hit this was the first movie that he made with, well, second, without Friedman. The first one was the film that Friedman helped him produce his very first film, you know, helped him sell. Mm-hmm. And honestly... Uh, Color Me Blood Red was a contractual obligation film because they were because the guy the third guy in their partnership that made the first two movies was ripping him off wholly and the reason that Friedman and Lewis broke up is that instead of joining Lewis and the other people in the lawsuit, he just took a payoff and went out to Hollywood. Right. Well, they all went their separate ways, and they all did pretty well. Yeah. Certainly, certainly Friedman and Lewis. You know, one, of, one of the things we should talk about is that, you know, H.G. Lewis is basically known for his horror movies and his gore films. But yeah. he did a lot more than that. He did a lot of, of this type of moonshine slash corn tone. Well, he stuff. did only he did two a, a, of them. Well, two or three depends on if you call Year of the Yahoo or Corn Porn. Well, corn I, was, I was counting three because of Yahoo. Yeah. Two of them were on the H.G. Lewis uh, Gorf set that out on the cheaper box set and out and on Arrow Streaming. It's uh, Moonshine Mountain. This stuff will kill you. I uh, remember those phones, man. I do. Yeah, I mean, just look at the detail he puts in there with all that stuff. Well, it probably was there. You know, I mean, he found an old store. 
Yeah. Yeah, we got it easy nowadays. They don't charge you for long distance. Back then, they nope. sodomized you with long distance. Absolutely. So, this is off the beaten track, but I'm looking at a phone, right? And I don't know if you saw the, the uh, article, but if you ever saw Local Hero, the movie from the 80s in that red phone booth, yeah. Okay. They finally got it as as a cultural uh, uh, art, a cultural artifact. It was going to be torn down, and the town nice. made sure that it's going to be there forever with a plaque in it. Wonderful. Okay, you're you're bleeding a little bit, sir. <laughs> just to let you know. Okay. Sorry, I'm actually doing it. You just give me that dime back. When I first seen this, Carl, I uh, was got Daryl from Scream Magazine to uh, get me a copy, and he got a uh, uh, one that something we video made, and it wasn't that. There. They wanted to put it out, but the company said the print was in such horrible condition that they couldn't. That was a problem with a few films they wanted to put out. And another reason why uh, Mike Barney said fuck it with the DVD business when he did. Right. The thing, we've got to talk a little bit about Bernie and and something weird. Chris Friedman was, of course, involved with that, too. Uh, They really were the engine that saved a lot of this really, really obscure 60s drive-in stuff, both Southern and Northern. Yeah, drive-in and sexploitation. Oh, Absolutely. And it's sad they're out of business because I doubt you'll see anybody put out the adult stuff they did, like the Dragon Art Theater collection. Mm-hmm. And again, he's got that little, oh, that's a hog leg, my bad. No, pig nose. I always get that name mixed up. And no, it's pig nose. nose. It's definitely a pig yeah. nose. We used to sell those at the music store. I sold a yeah. number of those. That was one of my favorite lines in Crossroads when uh, he got a lightning boy, that electric guitar. Right. You know, you said Muddy Waters went electric back in the 30s. And there's the main family themselves. And there he is right there, talkie. But we, but you would know him under that name, but that was his real name, Talkie. He played uh, a lot of roles in A.C. Lewis's stuff. He was the mayor in 2000 Maniacs and this one. 
uh, he was in Year of the Yahoo, and he was in uh, uh, This Stuff Will Kill You. Right. Jeffrey Jones is his name when he acted. Okay, that girl that's sitting down. Uh, yeah, I think she had too much moonshine. Look at those fucking eyes. She's out of it. I uh, know. Yeah, this reminds me of the old days, the way my mom told it, where uh, Grandpa Jones and a lot of the old bluegrass people would come up and play with my great grandfather. Yeah. So that's another thing we got to talk about is that H.G. Lewis loved music and particularly yeah. like, you know, Southern uh, uh, bluegrass and stuff like that. Yeah. I promise not to sing during this song. I promise not to sing this song, even though it, this song is an earworm. And it's one of the older, if you look it up on YouTube, you can find maybe 20 or 30 versions at least of this song. Oh, yeah. This goes back quite a ways. Goes back into the 1870s or 1880s, I think, at least. Yeah. I love it. And she doesn't have any teeth either. Yeah, I love the fact that that voice comes out of her. Yeah, absolutely. And right here, you can just see the love in H.G. Lewis's heart. Just come off the screen. You know, this is what he loved. This is the South he knew and loved. So you take a look at our lead singer with with, with the guitar. And when she sings, he's looking at her like, where's that voice coming from? Even he's surprised. (laughs) Yeah. Look at them, they're laughing about something. But, yeah. And then now it breaks into a beautiful two-part harmony. I mean, really, this is the South that I know and love. Not the one that sadly has been in the news the past week. Right. Yeah, we're not going to go there. Let's not talk about that. But, yeah, I mean, she's dead. And acapella. You Very wish nice. you had a choir that could sing like that, don't you? Uh, and you're yeah. with your... What in the hell? Now, I love how listen, My choirs are pretty good, trust me. I haven't yeah, had a choir now for three I mean. years or, or thereabouts because I'm in a Christian science church and it's soloist. But nonetheless... That... It's wonderful. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, what the hell is like you first seen your first hog killing? And what is missing from this pen is they had come back from uh, disposing of a body, and it didn't show who, in that damn big steel, which is a plot line that's still in the movie, but it's never fucking resolved. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, this is missing footage. We do know that. Yeah. You know, this is the closest we'll ever get to a complete film of this. This yeah. one runs, what, about one one fifteen thereabouts, right, I think. Yeah. I think he said the full version of all the violence barely ran just shy of one thirty. And when it come, and yeah. when it run to uh, 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 federal, that means the revenues, and the revenues might go back in the hills, but at the quote the payment, uh, Tennessee's unofficial theme song, Rocky Top, don't think he's ever coming back. Right. <laughs> Oh man, look at that. Look at that. That pump organ. Nice. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say whenever you watch an H.C. Lewis film, you're not going to win. None of the actors are going to win any Oscars. Okay, I'm just saying. But in these, wow, in these films. <laughs> You know, there's something very naturalistic about them. They're not really looking at the camera. They're not trying to act. They're just doing what they do. <laughs> that that girl, I'm, I'm a Nick. It's like I can't keep my eyes off her. Her tongue's going yeah. all over the place. Look at her. You know, but the thing is, I think I think something might be wrong with her. Yeah, she's. I don't know. Uh, mentally challenged. Okay. I wouldn't be I surprised if she actually the, is mentally challenged. Just some bad subtitles here, because they call it fiddle. I love what she's doing. If you really think, what do those two fingers in your mouth mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, those old TVs. I remember those, man. Yeah, what kind of idiot? Yeah, there was still... This is uh, way back before, supposed to be set in the area before uh, the TVA project. Back when you would still see people like that who didn't have no electric or anything like that. Now, now, what is very weird here is when you look at the clothes, right? Mother's yeah. got her clothes. And then the, the girl looks like she comes from a beach movie. I know. The thing is, they're trying to make her look younger than she is. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. They're trying to make her look older than she is. Gotcha. They tried to look for a woman of uh, age, but they couldn't find it. Well, I, w- I was talking about the uh, the uh, the daughter. I know. Her clothes. I, mean. I know. That's always trying to funny. You know, he gets hooked up with the only city by girl in the whole movie. Yeah, really. And everyone else is definitely, you know, uh, Southern, but she's not. You know, she's city pie. That's a good term for it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Barn dance. Yeah, and there she is. And, and by far the best looking woman in the whole film. Yeah. From what I heard, the girl in the dress is the best, was the best looking girl in the film. That's why they had to bust her ass and try to make her look dowdy. Mm-hmm. Well, I could see that actually. <laughs> and your paw ain't ready to have you killed yet. <laughs> Notice our, our, our star in the in, in the chair. He hasn't moved for at least yeah. five minutes. Yeah, those uh frying pans and uh rolling pins were used as offensive weapons at the time was right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, I see a guy with a bolo tie. Nice. Of course. There's the one who does all the main singing for the film. I'm going to turn this up just a little bit so I can hear it. You can tell that that was, you know, that was their gimmick. And if you uh, and if you guys think that that was not work, well, don't forget Hee Haw lasted until about 1989 or 90. Call something, and don't forget like Minnie Pearl. Don't forget yeah. Minnie Pearl either played with that, and she had her oh, own yeah. chicken place for years. Yeah, you know, she, she had, had a her own theater over in Pigeon Forge. But yeah, I mean. To me, this is real country. This is country music. This is not what we call country music now. And I have much more respect for this stuff than than anything else. And how do you like that the guy's doing the babushka down there? Yeah, absolutely. And the girl had the fake blacked out teeth. Yep. God damn, I think it just looks like it'd be a hell of a show to go to. No wonder there's so many people there. You know what I mean? No, yeah. 
That that is an art form. Square dance calling. I oh, absolutely. Up, yeah. Goddamn. This. Well, you know, any, right any, any type of, of, of moving to the left, moving to the right, kick him in the butt and do it all night. And any folk dancing is like that. I had a friend of mine who was part of the Irish dancing uh, at the Irish Arts Center here in New York in the 80s. And I went to a couple of Chaley dances. Let me tell you something. That ain't easy. None of yeah. this is easy. And you think folk dances, yeah. People forget that real southern culture like this comes from a potluck. The Irish, the Germans, everybody that moved down here, you know. Yeah. But you can see he is focusing on the culture, on the music, on the dancing. The plot doesn't mean a goddamn thing in this movie. Drive right. something. And I'm assured that everyone at the, the drive-in, when they showed this back in the time, would have loved the hell out of this and probably come back for more. And probably be out dancing in front of their cars. Yeah. You don't... You, Look at how I love this. Look at her when she starts singing. Yeah. And this song was really made famous across the board by George Jones. Yep. The drunkard and the mule. Help people today even still drink a soda all across the United States. That was called Mountain Dew. Dew, yeah. Listen, I had I had a uh, a great cousin in the Union yeah. Town Mountains who was a moonshiner, and and up until he died, he would send uh, a pint of moonshine. And, and a couple of bottles of dandelion wine up to my family for Christmas. And my mother would get Ooh. drunk on the dandelion wine. God, yes, that stuff is just good. I love it. She's so intense on her singing that when that guy tried to fuck with her, she just elbowed the shit out of him. Yep. She is good. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, I'm in too. Now, one thing is, is, is you can see that sound doesn't isn't syncing up directly because it was. You can see that it was post synced. Yeah. It was definitely post synced. Uh, yeah. I think if H.G. Lewis could just make a 90-minute movie off this scene right here, he would have done it. And he'd probably enjoyed oh, every yeah. fucking second of it. That's something you rarely see, is that someone that, well, yeah, you see it, but 
when someone loves a folk a culture so much that they put all of the reasons they love it into the mask. Now here's the scariest character in the whole damn movie. He's even scarier here than he was in uh, Color Me Blood Red. You know... I mean, really, how creepy is he? And this is supposed to be a lighthearted family film. I was scared more of him in this scene than in the other fucking movie. Too wound up for his own good. What if someone said, play an organ for me? Come on, with a gun pointed at your head. I'm sure that it'd be either the worst time you'd ever play or the or best. The best. <laughs> Probably yeah, a combination of both. With this character, you know. By the way, that's a hell of a guitar. Oh, yeah. That looks like a guild, I think. I haven't gotten a real good look at it yet. Yeah, it's a gill with the sunburst. Now, this one was an old standard. Yeah, this goes back a ways, too. Yeah, even to the black blues sung is. I mean, listen to how fast he's singing it. Damn. Oh, yeah. You know, the other thing I love about on everybody's faces. Yeah, but look at the faces. The faces yeah. are wonderful. They're just like they're in they're like in pigs eating apples. Uh, well, I you I know. think that's a Gibson ES five. I think it's a Gibson ES five. Yeah. No. Even he's out of character. Mm-hmm. You know, even he's flipped out of character, he's like, God damn, it got good. What director would film like uh, music, you know, playing music like that, but then let it show his characters slip out of characters and just have the grins on their faces that they're enjoying the music? Yeah. That's really why this and Purple Rain really work with the crowd, you know. They carry that live music experience that even most concert films don't get, do they, Carl? No, they don't. It's always about the audience reaction. It's not just about the music. It's how it 
how it translates to the audience and what the audience feels. Yeah. Now I hate to see it, but say it. But these scenes like this, let's just cut them and go right back to the music. Yeah, I know. That's what uh, Lewis uh, said afterwards. That was his critique of the film. He wished he had less plot and more of the music. And, of course, them exiting right in front of the camera and yeah, silhouetting I mean, it. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of movies like this back then, but most of the ones that everyone knows are the crappy ones, like the two Furlan Husky. Well, the three Furlan Husky films, Hillbillies well, in the Haunted House, uh, that Hillbillies okay. in Vegas, and, of course, Swamp Girl. And she's doing the cock-sucking thing again. <laughs> Jesus, girl. Real bad, doesn't she, Carl? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Yeah, really. <laughs> or maybe she's showing us how she got the job. And how do you like that still oh. with a little last bitty fire? Uh, yeah, really. I do like me some moonshine once in a great while. You got memories attached to it. No, no way around it, you know. You know, I also had a friend of mine when I was in Maryland who would get moonshine every so often from his yeah. family. Well, do you remember that book that uh, Ray Bradbury wrote, uh, Dandelion, Dandelion Wine? Yeah. Oh, man, I remember those bottles. Oh, no, 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 no. What's funny <laughs> is instead of mo- drinking moonshine, those are musical instruments. Again, thank you, Spike Jones. Yep. But ser- in all seriousness, Spike Jones uh, made a lot of his money off the plans he blue-pinned for uh, the ambles and the uh, jugs like that he did to create his music. Isn't it funny yeah. how the greatest comic or people with a comic edge to them, even Zappa, create the most complex music or instrument. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know the thing about uh, Spike Jones is is a lot of people don't realize this, but he did a lot of what would be called corn pone music, and he also introduced Homer and Jethro. Yeah. And we haven't talked about Homer and Jethro and we should oh, be talking I had about a, I, I had an album of theirs. I loved it. It had uh, oh, your tune go mood paper on the bedpost overnight. Okay, yep. Good stuff. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know what? That's not bad acting for a hangover. And I love that. That really is. You know, smacking his head in the glass shattering. Oh, God. 
And you're you're bleeding again. Yeah. Is this at the hotel? Yeah. Oh, look, an old school cigarette machine. Oh, man. I remember those. Yeah, those in good shape, your own rent will cost you to get restored about $1,000. I don't think that much, but yeah, they would be expensive. For me, yeah. I, I want one of the old pinball machines. Uh, I love how the subtitles on the Arrow version can't really speak fucking Southern. Like they have the yeah, visuals, they have visuals. See, there's a subplot that just vanishes. Uh-huh. Oh, man, a white phone booth. Yeah. Do you recognize it? Actually, I do. This telephone booth and hotel is the same one in Kissimmee, St. Florida, where he filmed 2000 Maniacs. Yeah, that's it. A lot of her roles cut out because she's supposed to be the DPOA. Right. And what I mean by that is designated piece of ass. Absolutely. If the movie yeah, doesn't there, there, there are some without there. that, there uh, could be put in. Uh, well, they had hot scenes in there in case the film went dull. But Lewis decided to cut them, like I said, to cut them out. Right. And she's not nude, by the way. Even with, no. with, with the fur coat. Oh, and that's a special princess phone. Look at that phone in the back of Princess says, fuck you. She never. <laughs> there is a smell <laughs> cup, but. Hi, princess. But that was hilarious. You know, instead of hearing it, you know, hoping the door didn't hear that. You can just put any dirty line you want to. And you can. Absolutely. They're cooking the mash. I love it. They're giving them alone time, you know. Amen. See, right here is the speech to listen to. Right. I'm proud of my family. Yeah. And why shouldn't she be? They're good musicians. They seem pretty decent. 
And moonshiners considered a victimless climb down south. Oh, absolutely. Oh, they're going to fall in love. <laughs> I love it. She's supposed to be from New York City, but she's got that's as thick as my accent really gets. If you talk to me off the air, right, Carl? Yep. Her voice right here, yeah. Yeah, why Lee bring in legal stuff when he had a cornerstone on the business? Exactly. Or Legion Halls. Oh, Legion Halls, man. I remember that shit. Yeah. That was a way for a dry county to get booze in. <laughs> I love that shit. Yep. That's the actual way to say it, ain't it? Rhinoceri. Yeah, rhinoceri. Absolutely. I love it. She's like these dumb hicks, and then he let them make her, you know. Oh, yeah. She gets her comeuppance. Well, she gets more than she deserves, but she already got her cup comeuppance. I love it. When someone else starts yelling, look at him in the background. Yeah. <laughs> That's just beautiful, ain't it? Yes, he it is. Which his hand depends on who's talking, like. <laughs> Give her hell, mister. She don't deserve her coming up into what happens to her, but still, I love the fact that they, you know, with that little bit with the mountain guy, he said, that's rhinoceros. Uh, yep. Yeah. Unlike a, a few of the films that were made by non-Southerners, Forrest Gump to be exact, they don't make fun of the accent or the people. No, they don't. Uh-oh, it's the sheriff. Yeah. That's what makes this movie good, is it has a respect and love for the people. And that's mm-hmm. really why people come to see it down south, you know. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Southern Drive-In. You know more about it than I do. Uh, yeah. So, so give us a little background on that. Well, you guys remember how wrestling in the 80s had territories in your day? They would be oh, busted yeah. up in the separate markets. 
and each market had a film booker. Your guy that you worked with was a film booker. That means he had to know what he had to know the pulse of his people. He had well, to he know knew what people. would play and what wouldn't play. It's a harder job than we make it sound, ain't it, Carl? Yeah. You got to know what you're doing. There's no question about it. Yeah, I mean, if you know that film A will make you a crap load of money every time you play it, no matter what, then you would keep a program film A, like uh, 2000 Maniacs. That one translated across the board because of its comedy. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know, or, or you know, we we saw Death Race 2000 uh, in the trailers that we did beforehand. That played everywhere. Yeah, and Roger Corman didn't understand why it was a hit. I want to tell one of my favorite Paul Bartell stories. It was that it was during a screaming of uh, Death Race 2000. And everyone was laughing at the right parts. And Roger Corman said to the guy sitting next to him, uh, God dang it. Why is everybody fucking laughing at this drive-in action movie? And then from the background, Paul Bartell said, It's because it's a comedy, you dumb fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. If you like a movie, you want it to play like you want it to play. It's like a musical thing. You want to play it, it to play on the people's air the way that you expect them to. Right. When the blockbusters took over, it pretty much killed regional filmmaking because they would make films for everybody. That's what they would try to do. And they figured out ways to block out the small guys. So we lost the films that would only play up north, only play down south, only play out west, only play, you know. Mm-hmm. You lost the regions because it went all over. Yeah. And that's a sad thing. Well, and uh, when the games changed with uh, uh, cable TV and VHS, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, I did. I mean, you couldn't go in a video store down south without seeing at least one of H.G. Lewis's movies in, preferably the Continentals of the Gore film. Oh, yeah. Like, H.G. Lewis's gore films were not even played on cable until uh, Joe Bob took a... Yeah, I was thinking Joe Bob or USA it up was all night. Joe Bob on, no, it was Joe Bob, and uh, he had to t- take his whole pay for the month that he showed them. Uh, take a giant pay cut so that they would buy the rights because they didn't think they would play good. Uh, They were wrong. Yeah. 
the, some of his biggest rated stuff. He played Blood Feast, uh, 2000 Maniacs, and uh, uh, The Wizard of Gore. Nice. But yeah, you would have regional, you would have, uh, putting on his pants. But as I was saying, uh, these films had all three cops, three octopus kinds of thing. You had regional movies. You had regional movie reviewers. You know. They would always be the serious ones like uh, you like, Carl, but they would always be the regional ones, too, that you would read to find out if it, you know. And you never Oh, knew. Absolutely what would play in a region like uh white lightning and gator those played all over and you would always see those in the driving or at the you know burt reynolds was someone who crossed over right i mean even deliverance went over the line you know Across the line. Yeah. Was the one that took uh, Burt Reynolds across the line, because otherwise he probably would have been doing uh, driving stuff like Gator his whole career. And when the studio started making their moonshine movies, a.k.a. after Smokey and the Bandit, well... What did the little southern guys like Lewis have to fight with? They didn't have the studio budget. They didn't have the studio stars. And they could even uh, load up their soundtrack. Oh, shit. He's got her. Your girl, Carl. Yeah, really. This is about the only violence still left in the movie. I'll let you know that he's a rapey some witch. Yep. But yeah, didn't you notice that Carl that you was that that really in a way killed regional filmmaking with Smokey in the Band oh, absolutely. and when the studios started making the regional films, how could they compete? Roger Corman knew it's that so he got out. You got to get out when the getting's good. Uh-oh, someone's yep. showing her cock on screen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, sorry that we're not talking much about the movie, but this plot stuff is okay. But you can tell that a lot of it's missing, that it's just confusing as hell, you know. Yep. Like this whole federal thing that goes nowhere. (laughs) 
But yeah, I mean, that was always a hallmark, you know, the country boys outsmarting the outsiders. Oh, yeah. See, you know, I all mean, I gotta say now is, all I gotta say now is, please give us some more music. <laughs> yeah, but I do love that sheer fact that uh, Lewis is doing that again, where they, the out the Northerners think the Southerners are ignorant, and the Southerners are thinking that they got some dumbass Federals. Right. And I got to admit, they some dumb motherfuckers to trust him like that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they think because they're federal FBI, they going to be, you know, they're going to be out there. Jager Hoover probably would have gotten pissed off about that. Absolutely. He was real touchy about that. But, yeah, this right here is uh, the Smokies, man. I know it by heart. That it And the Smokies is a lot longer than you think it is. Oh, that it is. Very much so. shitless driving over it as a kid because I'm afraid that my parents were going to drive off the side of the mountain and kill, them, kill us all. That showed how much trust I had in my parents, but let's not get into that. Okay, we won't get into that. Okay, we're at some action now. Right over here. Why the hell are they taking their coats off? I don't know. And their fucking ties. They're trying to to make sure that people don't know that who they are, maybe. I don't know. I don't get it. they're still doing something that probably would be more in place of a Blue Boy movie than a regular Moonshine movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I'm supposed to go this way. I love it. He's doing that evil hand-wringing thing the whole time. Like, <laughs> we going to get us some giant And yes, the sound is even missing there. Okay, I am That's buffering, the- so so I may need a time thing here. Give, oh, me, uh, give me a second here. We're at Okay, we're no, I'm not guy. ready for you yet. I'm not ready for you yet. Keep going. You talk. I'll let you know. Okay, right now we're at 120, and it's uh, he just did the Vulcan backslap on the two federal agents and knocked them out. Okay. I will ask you about this in about 30 seconds. Okay. I mean, I love how everything is just coming together out of coinkadink, you know. Mm-hmm. It's the first time today that's happened. Okay. 
Okay. Just a second here. Right now, the I'll sheriff right is telling him to get back in the goddamn woods right now. Okay, I need a time check right now. Where okay. are you? 103.24. One hour, three minutes, 24 seconds. Okay, I'm about 10 seconds ahead of you. Okay? And he's digging okay. the, the graves for the two guys. And, of course, they're still alive. Yeah, digging the grave oh, with two shovels full of dirt. Yep. You can see the blunt slices where he cut the violence out of this part. It's the oh, first yeah. time I've seen this footage. Oh, they must have found it and added it back in. Yep. Here comes one of the nastier subplots of the movie, which they really don't mention. Homeboy dumps the bodies in the damn still. <laughs> Lovely. Have a little kick to you, Nat Mash. <laughs> Absolutely. All righty then. That's why the mu- I love it. The music jumps so you don't get to see any of the blood or gore because you know. Oh, right there. Yeah, some blood and gore added back. And as soon as this scene is over, you can fucking forget about it because it's never mentioned a fucking again, folks. The mask turns red and all that shit, but, you know. Yep. The fight, and I told her to go fuck herself. Yep. Of course, she's got to be the pretty one because she'll go back with 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 our main actor here. But you know what? Yeah. I need more music. Yeah, I want some more. I want some more of that good country picking. Oh, here we go. Thank you, HG. Yeah. I, I like the soundtrack to this. Even the, oh, this I stuff like right it. here. Yeah. Good Lord. Says great music compared to yeah. Well, two thousand maniacs had a great music score too. Absolutely, it did. That was one of the problems with two thousand maniacs, and that was uh, 
the opening track was so good, the rest of the movie couldn't live up to it. Right. Okay, we're getting to the exciting action there. When she comes, see, look, he just round. When she comes, he'll be coming in round. And how great old of a song is that for bluegrass? You know, she'll be coming mm-hmm. around the mountain. Oh, that, that goes back. That that goes back so so long. It's not even funny. Yeah. Why the hell is he keeping evidence? I don't know. A lot of stuff in here. I think it's the same scene we saw five minutes ago. (laughs) And yes, that's how the ground is here, Carl. Yep. No, really. It's like for every ounce of dirt, we got to get rid of two tons of rock. (laughs) So where are we? Where are we, by the way? Give me a time check. Uh, One hour and nine minutes. Okay. I don't know what happened. You know what? I wouldn't mind some Southern cooking. I'm just saying. 
Yeah, yeah, I do. Don't they know that she's just been uh, molested? Yeah, they didn't even. Okay, that fire isn't anywhere near the still. I'm just saying. I know. No, I, I don't mean to be a, a spoil sport here, but really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, I yeah. have no interest in, in this subplot. I really don't care. Well, I'm just it's saying. ending in this there, yeah. <laughs> See, there was another shot cut. Yep. And your girl gets to do the payback. Absolutely. I'll shoot you one at all. I'll shoot you all the time. I'll you fucking tell I fucking die. You dumb some bitch. Fuck him. <laughs> I mean, don't he realize? I mean, look, there's a woman with a big ass axe that's got a big grudge against you. Behind yep. you, you dumb some bitch. <laughs> Nice. Look at her. Oh, look at that. That they're right down his back, man. Nice. Yeah. By the way, I gotta say our our, our little blonde girl does have some nice uh, memories. Thanks for the memories. Yeah. I really. Yeah. <laughs> Don't they forget about the uh, dynamite? I guess they did. Well, goddamn! Just when we think she's a weirdo, she pulled off some of the best acting in the freaking movie. <laughs> Absolutely. 
We love her. Yeah. Aren't they forgetting about the dynamite? The shit they They are. (laughs) Again, you're not going to win any acting awards here. I'm just saying. Not going to happen. Except for our girl. And I love how they're not all that some bitch deserved what he got. And how ironic that the bloody axe and the dynamite's right on top of each other. Yep. And that explosion is courtesy of J.G. Patterson. I love it, and don't worry, boys, I have an idea for, you know, a bigger city. Yeah. She's going back to school. Holy shit. Big batch of greens. You want some greens? Yeah. I'm not much for greens, but I do remember greens always because of the pinto beans and the cornbread, and that's good eating. Oh, man, I love greens. I don't care what they are, collard, turnips, mustard. Oh, yeah, ham, too. Get on in. Come on, come on. Now that oh, song God. goes back to Pete Seeger. Yeah. That's what- 
And I love the fact that he chose Pete Seeger, one of the guys along with, uh, what was it, the guy who had uh, this guitar as a weapon against Anarchist? Uh, yeah, Woody Guthrie. Woody Guthrie, yeah. Hound dog. Hound dog. I like the label. I like to lick the label. <laughs> You like the label, man. I love it. They let her get the outro. Yeah. She sure picked that guitar. You could tell that H.G. Lewis did not give a shit for the plot in this. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, I mean, he really didn't give a shit for the plot. Uh, he was just really to get to the music scene. Mm-hmm. Raph, he's Topcast. <laughs> you ain't really that dumb. She ain't either. Gretchen Eisner. Champagne liquor holder. I love that. Typecast. Yep. See? Karen March is my basham. She looks better than that. He's a big one, ain't he? <laughs> yep. Ah. Good pick, South Carolina. Yeah. Okay, I got to admit, that was fun. You drunk. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, Stephen. I that. 
I still want to wish that was a music move. You know, oh, God, yeah. Go. I wish there had been more music. <laughs> but that's what H.D. Lewis's heart was in. You could just tell things. Oh, yeah. His heart was in the music. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, go go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is, is that you you take a look at the film, and and even with the you know the murders and the you know all that, there's still there's still a real fondness for 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 the people, and you can tell that. Uh, that I think is is the the best thing about the whole movie. Uh, that yeah. you can really see that 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 he loved these people. Yeah, and I'm sure most of those actors basically only acted in his films and and particularly were from that area. You know, well, because like they you said, Ben Moore, he's been typecast. <laughs> yeah, really. How many of us would know what the hell that meant back then? As an inside yeah. joke, you know, and, and, and there's something, you know, I said before, you know, the thing with Todd Browning and Freaks, and he had actual freaks in that movie that you could tell he loved. You can tell the same thing here with H.C. Lewis and these actors. Yeah, and, these and the music. Yes. Yeah. And. Thank you. We'll be back again with another one. I don't know. I think next we'll probably do uh, Mask of the Red Death, the one where Roger Corman was bored with what he was doing and lucked out and got Nicholas. No, he always had his finger on the pulse perfectly, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Rogue. Yeah, Nicholas Rogue. And Nicholas Rogue is basically known for several films, but uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth is one of them with David Bowie. Uh, you know, Eureka is another one with Gene Hackman. I mean, uh, Don't Look Now, which is a great yeah, film. Don't Look Now and Performance. And Performance, too. Of course, that was with Donald J. Camille. Yeah, we always got to say that because in reality, we don't know who made performance. You don't. And listen to the commentary that we did, and you'll understand what we just said. Well, thank you again, Carl. I'm glad you uh, like that that movie with that good country pecking. Well, you know, I I needed to travel to Tennessee and just visit you, so... So I'm, I need to get back to Metro NYC for my own shows. So, so, uh, and uh, uh, I got to get back by Saturday. So I'll, I'll see you later, Stephen. Thanks a lot for having what y'all me. Got play, what y'all got playing there for Saturday night? Seriously. Well, actually, we're playing? going to the con- we're going to the concert hall in Harlem, and uh, we're going to be doing uh, uh, some. Uh, soul and 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 r&b because it's uh, black history month and so we got people like otis redding's singing with us and we've got 
you know, we've we've got uh, Otis Redding and Billy Holiday and all yeah. these wonderful artists that that me and uh, Rachel and TC are going to be oh, playing, and that's uh, uh, down. Okay, hold on, just hold on. Yeah, we're going to the Apollo, and so it's down the Rachel, down the rabbit hole with Rachel on Deviant Legion Network, which is also on Blog Talk Radio, and you can find us through the Deviant Legion. Uh, Facebook page, our, our, uh, um, we also just started our uh, webpage at deviantlegion.com. Uh, and uh, please join us. It'll be a lot of fun and a great listening. And for all you people, if this is your first time seeing the show on ISF, first time seeing this in a long time, too, Cross Connections, come on and join. There's a hell of a lot of history there. You can go to Blog Talk for the whole things, or you can get on Spotify. We're on there, too. Absolutely. And don't forget, everybody, always make sure that the speaker is detached, or else you might either get your windows or your ass kicked. Lose your windows, you get your ass kicked. Absolutely. And so... Good night, everybody. Good night. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Really appreciate it. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must say, oh, good night. Good night. Good night.